0: It is good to be back with you again. I am still on home quarantine, which it feels like is going to last forever. And I promise you, this is not the greatest situation for an ADD extrovert type person. So hopefully, um, you know, maybe I'll get some drive-by friendships. You know, we can wave to each other in the car. So today's show is going to be a little jacked up. And you might already know that just based off the, um, based off the, the picture that led off the show. <laughs> so, I just I'm excited because I think today is maybe the first time you're gonna get the true inappropriate, weird, uh, you know, knucklehead version of myself. So, it'll it'll be interesting. But I am calling it the great poop attack of 2003, at least I, I'm guessing on the year, but all the details of this story are true, accurate, and not exaggerated at all. So you're going to love that story that's coming up in today's Michael Smalley Comedy Hour, just trying to bring you some joy and happiness and laughter during this coronavirus pandemic that has kind of gotten out of control But uh, it's not just about my personal embarrassment and shame and the story I'm going to share in a little bit. The coronavirus has caused a lot of anxiety and fear for many of you. So I'm going to give some helpful tips on dealing with the angst of the pandemic. And um, I hope these are, they're really simple, but, you know, sometimes we just need to be remembered of how to overcome fear and anxiety. So that is coming up. And then we're going to go right now, just you know, take a moment here to talk about some stuff that you can do if you're home quarantined or just everything's closing down anyway. So you don't have a lot to do. And if your relationship needs a boost, uh, maybe a vaccination of sorts, we have started the Smalley Virtual Intensive Program. So go to SmalleyInstitute.com. There's a three-hour version. There's a one-day version, two-day version, three-day version. It's way more affordable than doing it in person. So just take this opportunity to grow closer together, to resolve some conflict, and uh, I think you'll thank me for it. Then the other thing is at SmalleyInstitute.com, we actually have a bunch of online courses. Quite a few of them are free, and then we have some awesome paid ones that are uh, our best video studies converted to an online platform. So again, if you're home quarantined, this is a great time to learn something. You can get with your spouse or significant other. You can just do it yourself. I have a course called The The Hero's Guide to Winning Back Your Wife. That is free. So maybe you're a guy out there. Uh, that would be a great course to go through as well. So head on over to smalleyinstitute.com. All right, now if you remember this segment, <laughs> is time for real or messed up family tip of the day. So I can't do anything normal. So I'm going to give you two family tips and you need to decide whether or not which one is a legit family tip and which one is not. And let me tell you, this week, this day, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard to distinguish. So here's tip number one. And these are things that you can do as a family, right? To pass the time. Uh, keep your kids busy, keep them entertained. Of course, I'm pretty much going to choose all entertaining things to be able to do with your family because that's pretty much my highest priority in life is to have fun. But tip number one is, and this is a classic oldie but goodie, play hide-and-seek. And for you adults watching, not that I bet very many kids are watching, but how? when's the last time you played hide-and-seek? So coronavirus, as nasty as it is, as scary as it is, this is an opportunity to relive your childhood if you have kids that are still living in home. So play hide and seek. Uh, one of my best memories from college, and, and if you've listened to any of the other podcasts, I was a, uh, I was an NCAA Division One athlete, and I'd love to leave it at that, but I was a male cheerleader. So I was a Yale leader at Baylor University, and we we got contracted by some big drug company to go to Dallas and and they had built this entire like university that looked like Harvard or Oxford in this gigantic you know grand ballroom of i think it was the Anatole in Dallas and so there's what there's 12 of us right six guys six girls and somebody was put into a massive suite so we were all hanging out at night and we turned off all the lights in this big place and, and played hide-and-seek. And my <laughs> – oh, if Brandon White ever watches this. He was one of my closest friends at Baylor, and he was also a yell eater. So when he was it, right, you had to go into the bathroom with the lights on, and so it would be really dark in the room. And and so you had to go into the bathroom. If you were it, shut the door and and count to 30 or whatever it was. So while he was in there <laughs> – I took one of these short end tables and I put it and pressed it right up against the door. So when he said, all right, and and the door opened inward toward, you know, into the bathroom. So he was like, ready or not, here I come. He opens the door and he goes flying out and his shins hit the coffee table and he just goes crashing to the ground. It was actually quite painful and probably dangerous, but the rest of us laughed very hard. So, once again, Brandon, I do apologize for being an idiot. So play hide-and-seek. It's a blast. Try not to injure each other. The second tip of the day, in, in order to kind of pass your home quarantine time away in fun fashion, I called it... It's a game I made up, so I'm kind of proud of this one. But I'm calling it play hide-and-lock. And here's my guess. My guess is that is that uh, the parents are gonna love this game the most. So I'm not so sure about if kids are gonna like it, but who cares? Because hey, parents, we need to be entertained as well. So I call this game, Play Hide and Lock. This game is unique and takes some early planning. So you can't just like throw this together in a day. But parents, you're gonna love it. First thing, you want about 30 days before you play Hide and Lock, you need to start subtly dropping hints to your kids that specific rooms in the home would be a great hiding place. In essence, it's called subliminal manipulation, right? Kinda, you're, you're like getting into their unconscious. Oh, wow, that would, that would be a great place to hide if we ever played hide and seek. Ooh, look at that room. Oh, no one would ever get found in that room. That's crazy. That's why you have to start 30 days out. So I'm pretty sure uh, using subliminal manipulation would make good old Dr. Spock very proud of this game I've invented. So after 30 days, you get your kids excited about playing hide and lock. Of course, since you've been subtly manipulating their minds for 30 days, you know exactly where they're going to be going to hide. The fun part, and here's the kicker to the game, why parents are going to love it. The fun part is they are hiding in rooms where there is no escape. Unknown to your kids, you have outfitted each door with a special locking system so they will remain in the room locked in until you let them out for your leisure. Is that not the greatest game ever? You manipulate your children's minds. You get them to hide in the rooms that you've already, you know, worked the door over because you got to, and if you have like a thin door, you you really should go to Home Depot or Lowe's or Ace Hardware and get a thicker door so they can't kick through it or whatever. And then you lock them in there and just maybe put some food, maybe some dried food or uh, some canned beans or refried beans. That's my new favorite food. And a can opener, you got to make sure, you know, it would be funny. Give them all cans, but no can opener. And just stay quiet. Go, you and your spouse can go hang out and binge watch and and you're not going to get bothered. Well, as long as you soundproof the room. So, that's also important. You don't want to hear the screaming and wailing. That gets so annoying. So, it's up to you. Leave a comment. Try to guess which game is real and which game is messed up. So, the most embarrassing story, it is coming up. But I want to first give you just three tips on how to handle stress. And here's the first thing you have to hear. And it's... Probably not going to be very easy to receive this. But the reality is that the more anxiety and stress you have over coronavirus, the more likely you become, you, you come to contracting coronavirus, right? So if you don't know, stress and anxiety lowers your immune system. So you, I, it's hard to hear because that could stress you out. But at some point, we we have choices to make. So the reality about stress and anxiety is that no matter what's going on in our life, we have control over our emotions. So we don't need the world to be right. We don't need people to be right. We need to be right because of Christ. So I, I got actually really confronted hard about that last Sunday. It was a sermon by Tony Evans, and it's, it was titled Following Christ. It was on the podcast. So, um, and I, I was reminded that I had gotten, like, earthly-focused and and wasn't focusing on Christ and following Him and obeying Him, because that's where peace comes from. So the truth is, the more stress and anxiety you have, the more at risk you are of contracting coronavirus. Now, I found this really interesting article written by psychiatrist Sally Ann Somerson, who wrote how cortisol weakens the immune system. Cortisol weakens your immune system for a good reason. During periods of intense stress, cortisol attempts to reduce inflammation by weakening some of the antibodies that can increase inflammation. It also turns out on natural immunity, the ability to fight off problems immediately, and moves resources away from specific immunities, right, which is the ability to prevent disease, diseases your body knows how to control. But cortisol is only helpful in short bursts, that's why you don't... You, that's why... I know the media is crazy and I know it's everywhere you look, and you could be home quarantined like I am, and I'm self home quarantined. So, we, you know, in our area in Texas, we have not been forced into that outside of Houston. But since I have an elderly mother and since I have literally contracted every major disease known to man, I'm actually a patient zero. So, I started a meningitis. It's not funny. I don't know why I laugh every time I share that, but I actually uh, started a meningitis outbreak in Conroe, Texas back in 2000, 2000 maybe. I'm not quite sure. I'm not great at remembering dates, but I was patient zero. So I was, uh, quarantined in a hospital in a, like this horrible isolation room where people would only come in to see me wearing hazmat suits. So when you, you know, meningitis is a terrible, terrible virus. Um, and so when I finally kind of came conscious and I'm staring at this person in a hazmat suit, that gets kind of scary. And it was maybe five, three to four days into my hospital stay that the the head of the CDC, whenever there's a major outbreak, the head of the CDC has to go interview patient zero. So when he entered into my room, he literally was like, well, congratulations, you're patient zero. I was like, that doesn't feel like a congratulatory experience. So my doctor, as I told you earlier, warned me not, not, not to get out. So that's why I'm home quarantined. So cortisol is only helpful in short bursts. When you experience prolonged stress, your body needs those T cells and white blood cells. And unfortunately, cortisol continues to suppress them, thus weakening your immune system over time. So here's three tips. Tips number one. Is exercise and eat well, duh. Obviously, we know that, but I just I'm just going to stress that during this time, you just kind of have to hunker down and do it. It's worth it. It's worth it for your health. We all know how to eat well. Like that's totally not a mystery. Um, I used to have a major problem, and I know a lot of you have the coping mechanism when you're under stress. You want to eat. That was me. And I went and got gastric bypass uh, in June of 2018, and that solved that problem. So now I'm gluten-free, dairy-free, and sugar-free because all those things give me explosive diarrhea. Um, So it's easy for me to eat well. It's harder for me to exercise. So the last four days, so I think I've been in home quarantine for five. And so it was like morning of day two, I was like, okay, you got to get your butt up, out of bed, work out get outside and walk, get active. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is plan, plan, plan. The, one of the big reasons we get stressed, and I think it's one of the reasons we're so stressed out about this coronavirus thing, is when we don't have information. So when we're confused, when things are chaotic, when we don't know what's happening, our stress and anxiety you know, uh, increases. And so, plan. Just make a make a list. Use the reminders app if you have an iPhone, and and start just taking control of your life and situation. That is going to start helping you feel like, okay, all right. I'm going to take a deep breath. When I got most nervous, uh, I had a friend call me and going, dude, they're they're going to start doing major lockdowns, so you need to go stock up on non-perishable, which I'm pretty sure. Of all the stuff I bought, most of it was not non-perishable. <laughs> when I got home, I was like, what was I thinking? Why did I buy these things? So hopefully the food I did buy is going to last. But it made me feel better going to the grocery store and getting stuff and stocking up on food. Of course, I couldn't get any hand sanitizer because people are hoarding it like hoarders. So plan. And and here's one thing I want to just remind everybody of. Um. Do you remember, who remembers the summer of the shark attack? Remember that summer? It, it, it feels like shark attacks were covered as vigorously as coronavirus is being covered. I mean, it was insane. It was everywhere. And they had the, just like they have for coronavirus. They've got the red, you know, twirling. It looks like evil. And it's like coronavirus pandemic, right? And they're just like, it, it stresses people out. And that summer, all the beachside communities lost a tremendous amount of money because of the fear created by the summer of the shark attack and the uh, the overwhelming amount of reporting done on it. So to maybe give an alternative perspective, so just keep this in mind, the summer of the shark attack, where the media went nuts, there were fewer shark attacks that summer than previous years. So just... Hang in there, chill out, let it play out. The ch- I mean, what has taken America out so far? Nothing, nada. So the chances of life coming to an end as we know it, uh, in my opinion, and I'm a moron, so take it for what it's worth, uh, are pretty slim. Okay, we're 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 resilient, uh, we're positive, uh, we're creative, we're entrepreneurial. And we're gonna get this thing figured out and I think in two, two to four weeks, we're gonna feel very different about the state of our country. Number three, lack of sleep is not an option. So make sure that you're getting plenty of sleep because lack of sleep also increases stress and anxiety. And I know this sounds simple, but when you're stressed, you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. If you're not sleeping uh try an over the counter sleep medication like melatonin and if that doesn't work try Tylenol PM or Advil PM try stuff if you're really not able to sleep because that is only going to increase the problems and lack of sleep is going to hurt your immune system so and and if those over the counter things aren't working which is what I've been going through so since gastric I've had a hard time sleeping and it's weird because it's not like I'm tired during the day, but I'm not sleeping very much at night, so I finally went to my doctor um, or I was at with a doctor, a psychiatrist here in the area, uh, and he he prescribed a different I can't think of I don't want to say the name because I'll mess it up and people will die from you know complications because I gave the wrong drug name, but that has really helped me, so I think I've had that for about a week and it's given me good five to six hours a night of sleep, and I feel a ton better, so don't be afraid to go to the doctor, okay? God is God, and God created people that were smart enough and worked hard enough to become doctors, so it's okay to take medicine for emotional reasons, anxiety reasons, sleeping reasons. Um, No one should judge you, and if they do, they're a Pharisee, so they're in more trouble than you are. All right, it's time it's time for the great poop attack of 2003. And remember, every detail of this story is true. And it's really sad, and it's so weird. And that, that's my life, and that's why my doctor called me and said, dude, of all my patients, your life has been so crazy, you just need to stick to your home now. Right, because I mean, it's like the things that happen to me. I sometimes I wonder if God just like goes calamity, because you're gonna make it funny and bring joy to people's lives so they can laugh at how you know crazy your life is. So, it's somewhere circa 2003. My brother and I are speaking at a big conference in Washington D.C. and. <laughs> We're, we're at this beautiful hotel, I don't remember what it was called, but it's like one of those hotels that's uh, like circular, so the inside of it is totally open, it goes all the way to the top of the hotel, and there were like 50-something odd floors, my brother and I were like on the 50th floor, and so it's the morning of one of the days of the conference, and we're downstairs in the lobby at this, you know, it's really cool looking, and we're just enjoying breakfast, right? So we've just finished breakfast. At this point, I need every male listening to me, uh, and I need you to validate. If you're a dude, I want you to validate this by leaving a comment, right? Leave a comment and say that I am right, and I am not making this up, but guys have poop attacks. What I mean by a poop attack is we're minding our own business, we're not doing nothing, and bam! We have to go and, like, we have to go now. Like, we have moments to get to the bathroom or we're going to have an accident. My dad used to have them. Actually, he has some really, he has two really good poop attack stories that I won't go into today, maybe later if you want me to. So we're sitting down. We just finished breakfast and woo. I'm like, ooh, I gotta go. My brother's like, what's your problem? I'm like, I'm having a poop attack. He's like, oh my gosh, you're so weird. He went, go, get to the room, I'll pay the bill. So I literally take off for the elevator. And and this hotel had two gigantic uh, glass elevators side by side. So I press the button, you know, I'm panicked. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna make it, I'm not gonna make it. And, And you know, the door's open. I'm like, praise God. And I fly in to the elevator. I turn around and an entire tour group of Asians pile into my elevator. I mean, you can't make this up. I mean, it, like 30 Asians, all in the, you know, where they hold the sign up and it has like a color and they always follow the sign. My, one of my closest friends in life, Casey, lived in China. He used to go to the popular square in his city and he would steal that tour guide sign and start marching around, and the whole tour would follow him. It, it, like, didn't matter who was holding the sign. They just knew we got to follow the sign. So they pile on the elevator, and instantly I know, oh, this is bad. This is real bad. And and at this point, literally, you know, I'm clenched, right? I'm just clenched, and I'm standing there, and, like, we're shoulder to shoulder. I'm just going, how could this have happened? And I'm, you know, I'm panicked, and and the Poop is coming so close that there are beads of sweat because I'm so tense and things are about to happen in an elevator crammed with 30 other people. And so I am genuinely crying out to God going, Lord, you could part the Red Sea. Surely you could plug me up just until I can get to my toilet in my hotel room. But the problem is my brother and I are on like the 50th floor. And in horror, I watch every one of them go click. Click, 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 click. It was like, uh, what was that movie? Elf. Remember when he got on the Empire State, but he just went, Krr, kr, kr. so I was. I mean, I knew at that point. I'm like, I'm pooping on this elevator, crammed with thirty other people. Like, this is happening. I can't stop it. And so, you know, we're stopping every floor, every floor, and I am. I'm almost in tears because I'm like, this is gonna happen. Right. And so we I finally get to my floor and I must have been the last person off the elevator. And we get to my floor and I am doing and I'm going to demonstrate for everybody. This was my basic walk trying to get from the elevator because it was it was like it was happening. I was convinced I wasn't going to make it. So I'm I'm doing the, the, clinched, the like, you know, <laughs> I'm doing the penguin walk, trying not to jiggle and I get to my door and I'm so flustered and it's so close to happening that I'm like (laughs) and I'm trying to get the key in and I can't get the key in, right? And I finally do. Unknown to me, down in the lobby, my brother laughed as he watched me waddle to the elevator and saw all the people come on. He kind of chuckled like he is so not gonna make it. He pays the bill leisurely walks to the elevators, clicks the button, bing, comes right open, gets on, nobody gets on. He thinks to himself, huh, I might actually make it to the room before Michael does. Mm Mm-hmm. It's another older brother, wonderful, dysfunctional story. And so here I am fumbling with the key and I fling the door open. And if I haven't already shared yet, I have a tremendous fear of the dark. And when I, when I opened the door, the room was pitch black. The curtains had been pulled. It had those thick white curtains that just black out the sun. And it's pitch black. And I'm like, why is our room so dark? But I'm like, it's happening, dude. You got to go. You got to make it to the bathroom. So I start waddling like you know my penguin walk, headed streaming towards the bathroom, Halfway to the bathroom, hiding in the closet, is my brother, and he comes screaming out of that closet like a banshee, and he grabs my ankles, and that's important for you to understand so that you can not overly judge me, right, because all my, you know, childhood growing up with this creep, he had kind of, he always went low for my ankles, so to this day... If someone goes low, I was at a theater play that my daughter was involved with at Biola. And she told one of the girls, because it was like this Greek god kind of a weird, you know, play. It was actually excellent. But one of the characters was like this creepy, crawly chick. And she said, hey, my dad has a real fear of people going to his ankles. And this chick did it. She went at my ankles, and I literally screamed and cussed. yes. I I say a certain word. If you really scare me good, I'm going to say a word that rhymes with ship. Okay? So I screamed that at at my daughter's theater production because it was terrifying. So here I am about to poop myself, you know, just trying to get to the bathroom. My brother breaks out of the closet, grabs my ankle, screaming at the top of his lungs. I don't expect it. I think he's still down in the lobby. You know, he's... He's paying for breakfast. This can't be my brother. And when he grabbed my ankles and screamed, "Have you ever seen those fainting goats on YouTube?" It's hilarious. just you know, YouTube fainting goats. but I was literally like that faint. I was like, "Eh!" And I went out. I passed out. I passed out, trying to get to the bathroom, I hit the bed, fling off the bed on and whack the dresser and I'm out. When I finally come to, the first image I see is my idiot brother curled up in a fetal position, laughing hysterically, crying, and I poop myself. Full grown man, I'm just telling you, when you pass out, you can't hold it in. You can't clench, so there it was. My mother asked me this morning when I told her what story I was going to say, did you have a change of clothes? Really? No. I was at a multi-day conference with only one pair of pants and one pair of underwear. But I'll tell you, it's real embarrassing to try to figure out how to clean that up, so I just threw it all away. I wasn't going to try to explain that one. So I found, you know, a dumpster in the hallway <laughs> or something, and I was like, no, nope, I'm not going to deal with this cleanup job. So that's the famous poop attack of 2003. All right. Well, I think we've gone long enough. So now we're at the point where I want to remind you, go to Smalley Institute, check out our virtual, our new Smalley Virtual Intensive Program. Three hours, one day, two day, three day. Uh, You can host an event. So I do comedy and do really fun shows. My latest one is of the intimate details of my father's death and I know that sounds creepy and weird and I promise I'm going to do it during the Michael Smalley comedy hour and you'll get it once you finally get to hear it and, and it's actually one of the, my favorite experiences doing comedy shows right now is the, the uh, facial expressions of the audience. They're all there to have a fun night, to laugh and I go, hey I'm so glad you're going to have fun tonight so I thought we should talk about the intimate details of my father's death and it's like Wait, <laughs> no, you can see him like, no, surely not. He's not going to talk about the death. And then I start getting in there, they're like, he is going to do this. And then they're laughing their heads off. It actually has a really good salvation message, too. So you can check all that stuff out at Smalleyinstitute.com. Oh, and we have our online courses as well free ones, paid ones. Uh, they're really powerful. We have an awesome online training platform. So if you want to better your relationship education during this quarantine period of America, uh, check it all out at SmalleyInstitute.com. So now we're at the end of the show where I like to take questions from my Facebook audience. So let me see if anyone's actually asking any questions. People are saying good morning. Thank you, Aaron Cross. Uh, Yeah. He said, I'm pretty sick and twisted, which is fair. All right, I'm going through. Carol Bester, my precious friend from South Africa is now suddenly concerned about my sleep problems. And can can you eat it? I don't know what I can eat. All right. Any questions about anything? And I've promised on this show, I will answer anything. I may lie but I will answer any question. All right. I don't think, oh, Mario Diortenzio from Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> of course, Mario would ask a weird question. Can Christians get tattoos? Well, I, my own personal opinion is I think Christians have really misinterpreted a lot of scripture around this where they kind of twist it um, for pharmaceutical reasons, in my opinion. So do I believe Christians can get tattoos? Absolutely. Now look, and, and here's my rule of life, by the way, on, on sin. Anything can be sin. Working out can be healthy or sinful. When does it become sinful? Super easy. When it begins dishonoring God or dishonoring others. So... Take everything in life. Alcohol, tattoos, sex, uh, working out, work. We'll have a problem with Christians. I actually got my first tattoo uh, back in September. So maybe I'll do a show, a reveal show of my tattoo. It was a four hour sitting, actually in Phoenix, Arizona with Mario's tattoo lady. All right, do you have stories of retaliation on your, oh, do I have stories of retaliation on my brother? um okay here's the problem he's significantly more intelligent than i am um it causes him to like double up <laughs> his messing with me so i kind of learned early on you should just let things happen you're not gonna outwit him i'm trying to think though if i've ever really against he is more feeble now he's you know over 50 and all this no wendy i can't do that all right i'll do that we had to see yeah, all right so, so thank everybody for joining